Good morning. It's good to be gathered together here this morning to again reflect on the blessings we so often can take for granted. As we were singing that hymn, I thought, you know, if we're all singing that from the heart, what need have we to worship any longer? God merits all of our time in, in worship. It's good to be here with you. I haven't kept up real well on the last message or show, so that we're here, uh, <clears throat> we're preached here. Does anyone remember anything about the last message that I brought here? may not be a reflection on you, I'm just asking. It was a general theme. It was focused on the laws of God. The laws of God. This morning for the message, I plan to look at a another theme that is somewhat general and broad in scope and yet in some ways it's very focused. It's very, uh, it can soon become microscopic in a sense in the fact of as we think of life and how life is as I experience it, as you experience it, as we are part of God's creation. I invite you to open your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 5. I'd like to refer to a passage here of a great undertaking. A great undertaking that Solomon wanted to follow up on the fact that um, David could not build a house unto the Lord, but he wanted to do that. And I want to look at a few of these verses here and draw some, some points to ponder for the message this morning. Perhaps for a title, I will merely give it the title, The Edifice of Life. Now, we know what the word edify means. We know what what um, that process involves. When we think of an edifice, sometimes we hear it used in regards to a large structure, a large building. Uh, something that has been put in place, constructed, erected. Something that quite often is a notable significant endeavor and you probably can think in your minds as you have traversed the earth in in your life of structures that caught your attention that really stretched your mind how big of a building is this how magnificent what all did it take to do it and yet in our own small world we we live in a um, the general realities of smaller concepts. 
on the level of edifices, our homes, our businesses, our smaller endeavors. The edifice, edifice, that word can also refer to that complex compilation of that which we consist. The edifice of life. Now here I'll begin reading uh, in verse 4 of 1 Kings 5. I don't think we'll read the rest of this chapter, but I'll refer to a number of verses here. Notice in verse 4, he says, But now the Lord my God hath given me rest on every side, so that there is neither adversary nor evil occurrent. And behold, I purpose to build a house unto the name of the Lord my God. As the Lord spake unto David my father, saying, Thy son, whom I will set upon thy throne in thy room, he shall build a house unto my name. Now therefore command thou that they hew me cedar trees out of Lebanon, and my servants shall be with thy servants, and unto thee will I give hire for thy servants, according to all that thou shalt appoint, shalt appoint. For thou knowest that there is not among us any that can skill to hew timber like unto the Sidonians. And it came to pass when Hiram heard the words of Solomon that he rejoiced greatly and said, Blessed be the Lord this day, which hath given unto David a wise son over this great people. And Hiram went to Solomon and saying, I have considered the things which thou sentest to me for, and I will do all thy desire concerning timber of cedar and concerning timber of fir. My servants shall bring them down from Lebanon unto the sea, and I will convey them by sea and floats unto the place that thou shalt appoint me, and will cause them to be discharged there. And thou shalt receive them, and thou shalt accomplish my desire in giving food for my household. So Hiram gave Solomon cedar trees and fir trees according to all his desire. And Solomon gave Hiram 20,000 measures of wheat for food to his household, and 20 measures of pure oil. Thus gave Solomon to Hiram year by year. And the Lord gave Solomon wisdom as he promised him. And there was peace between Hiram and Solomon. And they made two, and they too made a league together. And King Solomon raised the levy out of all Israel. And the levy was 30,000 men. And he sent them to Lebanon, 10,000 a month by courses. A month they were in Lebanon and two months at home. And Adoniram was over the levy, and Solomon had threescore and ten thousand that bear burdens, and fourscore thousand hewers in the mountains. Besides the chief of Solomon's officers, which were over the work, three thousand and three hundred, which ruled over the people that wrought in the work. And the king commanded, and they brought great stones, costly stones, and huge stones to lay the foundation of the house. And Solomon's builders and Hiram's builders did hew them, and the stone squares, so they prepared timber and stones to build the house. Quite an undertaking. Quite an undertaking. If you were listening, were reading along, you noticed tremendous effort of thousands upon thousands of people dedicated to this task. 
But it all began with what? It all began with verse 5, where we hear that expression given, I purpose to build a house unto the name of the Lord my God. In this account, we see a, a purpose that was not an empty word. It was a purpose that echoed loud with the efforts put in place and carried forward. What drew me to this passage, thinking of the message this morning, was more focused actually in verse 17. We read this verse, and the king commanded and they brought great stones, costly stones and huge stones to lay the foundation of the house. Now, in the edifice of life, there are some parallels we can draw from this account. That which constitutes our lives, the forming of them, and and while we may focus some more in some areas than others this morning, it's something that applies to all of us, young and old, early and late in life, in every age and stage. But we all benefit and need to have that purpose in life. And as I looked at what was undertaken here, and when I thought of the, the stones in particular, there was a lot of other detail here. But there was great effort and carefulness in bringing those great stones. You know, sometimes when you need a heavy object for a purpose and it comes to the decision of how small a one will work if I have to carry it. In other words, I'll pick the smallest rock I can choose to do the job without exerting extra effort, extra cost. These were great stones. It took effort, costly stones. It took expense, dedication of time and energies, and huge stones. Stones that were put through the process of trimming them, cutting them. Coming under the blow of hammers and chisels, drills. To put them in the proper dimensions. To lay the foundation of the house they were building for the Lord. In the edifice of life, there are many parallels that, that we can make. But I think sometimes it's easy for me, for you and I perhaps, to address the activities of daily life and the, the questions, the focus that need immediate attention. You know, what's, what was the last three phone calls about what what 
needs to happen today? What's due this week? What's, what is in focus? And yet sometimes I think how we address those things can, can vary by the perspective we have in the deeper efforts and purposes and sacrifices that are made to prepare proper building materials, to establish in that broader view the end goal of that which is to be the completed building. The completed temple unto the Lord our God. And so it may not surprise you as, as we're looking at this passage that I would like to draw some parallels to, to remind us um, of some of the challenges that, that we face and yet the blessings that are in the midst of those challenges um, are real to us. In, in the world around us. And as I think of the concept of the edifice of life, um, you know, this morning a brother mentioned in Sunday school, a reflection, a memory of a brother, a departed brother. And, you know, we can just look at that example. What, what comes to mind? What was behind it all? What was undergirding? And yet... Each one here from Pampers on up is being built and molded and hewn and structured and refined for a purpose. What will that purpose be? How will that develop? <clears throat> the blessing of knowing the Almighty One, the blessing of being able to sing that hymn we've sung together are in important indicators of that happening. And yet, in life, you know, we, we look at the Scriptures and the Scriptures exhort us to, to seek after wisdom, to utilize knowledge, but... The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but it does not mean or, or uh, indicate that the presence of God's wisdom will make a life void of problems, void of challenges, without any things to work through. Um, so let's not forget that. Um, as we think about that, the, the effort of building the house of the Lord was undertaken with great deliberation and great carefulness. Whether it's my life, your life, the lives of those you relate to, the lives of those you're responsible to, Let us not forget that process with the goal of purpose of building a temple for the Lord.
one of the basic elements that reveal the process that is undertaken in life many times comes to, to light in something very close to our lesson this morning, communications, relationships. And as we as God's creation are growing and developing, entering into new phases of life, the ability by which we learn of how to relate to life and how to respond to life's challenges and difficulties will have a significant impact on the broader endeavor of life as an adult. Life entering into the realm of lifetime relationships. Paul writes to the Ephesians that we should be redeeming the time because we live in a world where the days are evil. And as I need not remind you of that, I'm sure, this morning. But as you think about the ways in which you go about life, the ways in which you encourage others that you love and care for to go about life. There is so much to be uh, compared to the voice of Scripture that speaks to us how to discipline us ourselves, how to be disciplined by the Spirit of God. I want to make some references to one of the books in the Old Testament before I move forward in, in other areas, but when we think of passing the test of life, sometimes we look at the world around us and we think when we become adults and we enter into life's decisions and we find companions, some of those decisions confirm how we have decided, how we have come to understand and address the challenges of life. How we have come to embrace the blessings of God or to reject. And I, again, I, I trust that we count the many blessings we have here as a brotherhood. But the book of Proverbs can give us many indicators of things as individuals we need to consider of areas as parents in, in rearing, in nurturing, in training your children to help them come to a time of being able to cross the threshold of, of those steps of adulthood and life-changing decisions that will bear blessings, that will reward them as they build the house, the edifice of their life unto the Lord.
one of the aspects of, um, I was researching some different words, and, and the phrase in the Lord was one I was looking at, and I found it interesting that in the Lord occurs 45 times in the New Testament. That concept of being on sound ground, on safe building territory is conveyed in those three words, being in the Lord. Um, and much of happiness in life in the Lord comes from making the right choices and right decisions. Proverbs 12 I want to look at a few areas talking about um, some of the, the wisdom that Proverbs sheds light on the development of characters in both the male and the female realm of things. But here in, in uh, Proverbs 12, the writer says this, A virtuous woman is a crown to her husband, but she that maketh ashamed is as rottenness in his bones. It's quite a contrasting picture that is given there, but it helps us be reminded that it doesn't matter out in the world around us or wherever we are. You can find the most physically attractive person, even the one that would have a lot of common interests in things. But if there is not the foundation built on the principles of God, there is a very uh, undesirable result that comes forth. So when we... Think about this. When your children, when your sons and your daughters come to the age and it comes so quickly, it comes almost unawares, you think, well, they're, they're growing up, they're getting older, they're... You know it's coming, but then, boom. Uh, Dad, uh, Mom, uh, I would like to relate to someone. And the foundations have already been laid in so many ways. Now there's a, what I just said, there is a, a beautiful picture included in the fact that you were addressed as dad or mom. The connection with that individual, that child, that young person considering relationships. When you are building those relationships, when you're seeking to encourage and nurture those elements of that hewing, that squaring of those stones that are in the foundation for those relationships to be built on proper ground of, of spirit and not of flesh, on wisdom and not on folly, don't forget that those are valuable lessons. Those are very valuable lessons. And sometimes I think we, we can forget that sometimes our own weaknesses can, and our own experience can be either a source of mentoring for our children, 
and we can utilize it as something to teach from, or we can allow it to only seek to duplicate itself in the struggle. One of the key elements that I think we as parents have the opportunity to do is to encourage young and old, son or daughter, to allow the voice of God to be their source of direction. And as they commit themselves to that element of, of making the proper choices that prepare them to be the sound building blocks with which to the edifice of their life will be developed. There is safety. There is blessing. Some of that wisdom is manifested in, in comments that we find in the, the book of Proverbs. We live in a very driven world based on the outward and physical attraction. And yet, the, the word of God would teach us that there's our deeper focuses, deeper things for the proper foundations in Proverbs 19 verse 14 house and riches are in are the inheritance of fathers and a prudent wife is from the Lord um, we look at the account in Proverbs 31 as well we see the contrast of that which the world would promote and that which we should seek to cultivate. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord shall be praised. Now, bear with me here. I'm, I, uh, these first number of verses are focusing more on elements of um, pertaining to the female. Um, but I want to bring out a number of things that they all depict the leaning of that individual on the Lord. Well, this one is a, a general reference, but the fear of the Lord is the beginning of, of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Seek by God's grace to instill and teach the, the virtue of pursuing wisdom. That is something that is readily available, and yet, unless it's pursued, it will not be found and embraced. We live in a world that does not necessarily uh, have an abundance of discretion in some areas. And discretion and experience are learned through the hard knock of, of failure, and many times that pro provides a, a lot of heartache in that process but the 
element of discretion. Again, sometimes I, I, uh, I don't need to remind you, but the writer of the Proverbs uses very, very stark contrast in bringing out those things. But he says here in verse 22 of, 19, of chapter 11, as a jewel of gold in a swine's snout, so is a fair woman which is without discretion. So as, as parents, don't lose sight of the needs of your children to learn discipline and discretion. Um, sometimes, you know, in our the flesh tends to not enjoy those elements at times, but is there a way for us to convey the virtue, the benefit, the long-term advantage of discipline and discretion? That is the ability to do things at the right time, the right way. Um, has a lot to do with the seeking of wisdom. Raising daughters that have a vision of being wise women. Wise wives. Chapter 14, he says, Every wise woman buildeth her house, but the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. the elements that are a part of the makeup, of the foundation. That does not mean that when one learns those things and enters into that relationship that it's all done, it's all finished. But there is a knowledge of what is required of grace, the grace of God day by day to glorify him and to honor him in the ways that um, build the church bring reward in, in the lives of our families, our people this element of wisdom um Perhaps I would, I would look at one other area that I would encourage us to work with our young people in. And, and it's very important. You think about in all of life, but uh, the element of communication and the contentious or the argumentative, we don't like to think of ourselves as having the ability to have those traits. But apart from the grace of God, the leading of the Spirit, those things can can manifest themselves. And blessed is the young person who learns how to handle their um, anger, their feelings, their emotions. Look at a couple passages from Proverbs 19. Verse 13. A foolish son is the calamity of his father, and the contentions of a wife are a continual dropping. So there we see the warning of 
to guard against foolishness, to guard against the element of contention. And um, many times these, these aspects can be key elements that are in, become a part of long struggles in marriage relationships. Um, perhaps it didn't start there, but it was allowed to be nurtured and um, in many ways. Turn over if you're in your Bibles there to Proverbs 27. The edifice of life, beginning in verse uh, 15. Here again, this really is, is a parallel somewhat on one of the passages in our Sunday school lesson when it talked about returning um, uh, railing for railing and evil for evil, that type of, of a backbiting response. Here it says, A continual dropping in a very rainy day and a contentious woman are alike. Whosoever hideth her hideth the wind and the ointment of his right hand, which bereath itself. Um, you can understand the warning of our ability to conduct ourselves. Now this is, these have been primarily focused. Let's go to chapter 21 yet. I want to look um, at two different verses in, in Proverbs 21. Verse 9 to begin with. It is better to dwell in a corner of the housetop than with a brawling woman in a wide house. This picture gives us the, the understanding of the environment of, of something that is out of control, that is, that is somewhat within confines, but within that confine it's... it's um, promotes that which is very um, undesirable. And I'm not sure what all the writer of the Proverbs experienced to, to cause him to write all of these thoughts, but in verse 19 as well, he says, it is better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. And you know, sometimes for whatever reasons, those things can develop. And... Um, was it because that young person never understood what was involved or was it because they've allowed themselves to become carnal later in life? But we have the opportunity by God's grace to lay a foundation of building materials that are helpful <clears throat> that when man and woman join in marriage, they can ex experience the blessing of God's leading. Now, changing the focus a bit, there are things to be watching for, looking for, watching for, and guarding against, perhaps as well. Um, in considering men, um, the world has a lot of impact, influence on our perspective of how we analyze and how we assess as individuals who we would consider as companions as husbands, as wives, who we would consider as viable options for sons or daughters. 
but let us not forget to consider are we calibrated in our instrumentation is in analyzing that? Or are we doing it on the virtue, on the values that the world has has set? Um, you know, the world would say, well, tall, dark, and handsome. Generalities. But there are things far more important than how tall how dark or how handsome for a happy life, for a life of blessing. Proverb writer talks about a number of those things that can help us understand the preparedness of an individual to relationships. Proverbs chapter 12, um, in a very interesting way. And, you know, those of us that grew up in an agrarian farm community where we were working with animals we had this we were put through this test many times as young men working with cattle milking cows but it says here a righteous man regardeth the life of his beast but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel how does that young fella relate to God's creation in all its realms it will likely vary, That's, but there's an element in which we have the opportunity to help teach our children, our sons, the virtue, the value of life, and that it is not to be just expended at the whim of something to shoot at, of something to uh, use as a sport, but that we consider it in light of God's word. Chapter 12, verse 15, we see these words. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. How do young men come to conduct themselves? Are they willing to listen, to seek advice from others? That will tell you of the wisdom of which they are moving forward. Now, seeking advice from others is not, does not necessarily depict wisdom but has a lot to do with who you seek advice from are you able to seek advice from your father are you able to seek advice from those who care for you are you able to seek advice from your ministry those brothers in the church that would offer you sound counsel those are indicators of wisdom of the hand of God forming those materials for a foundation that will stand. Thankfully this morning I think there's there are many blessings in fellowship, but the proverb writer reminds us that there is the potential for seeking unsound companionship. Chapter 13, verse 20. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. And let us guard the without number elements of counsel that 
are there by those who would seek to pursue it in the digital age. The need to develop sound judgment. Look at that passage here where it talks about a young man's relationship with the beasts, his care for animals has a lot to do as well with the exercise, the dealing with one's anger or temper. Now, temper and anger is not limited to just a young man, but it's, it's an indicator of their ability to process properly, respond correctly. Am I quick-tempered? Are my sons quick-tempered? Proverbs 14.29 says, He that is slow to wrath is of great understanding, but he that is hasty of spirit exalteth, exalteth folly. What is the perception of money? For what is its use? How will it be obtained? The way that we are taught as young men to expend the finances we come into, the money we earn, uh, can be a real indicator of our use of wisdom or the lack of it. Now in sharing these scriptures this morning, I think you don't need to be told, but just to remind you, in, in looking at these elements, I acknowledge that we are all so different. Our children are different, our families are different, our backgrounds are different. So there is a variety of perspectives, and yet there are certain principles that should have, for the most part, a, a unifying effect in preparing building materials to build lives and homes. in a sense of worship to God. Well, we live in a world where the mindset is so easily there of this is me, this is my life, this is my world. I will do what I want to pursue. Do we not? Do we not hear that voice echoed? And yet I'm blessed when I see and hear young people acknowledge that there is the call of God upon their lives to go where he wants them to go, to do what he wants them to do. And that will likely have a lot of impact on the mentoring they receive by you and I as those that are older than them. Qualities of young men. Do they know how to 
relate. And here again, some some of us are more talkative than others. But there's there is the stable the stability that the Spirit's control brings into our lives and helping us to not always have to put in our two cents worth, but to listen and um, to manifest, by God's grace, a calm spirit. Several verses here in Proverbs 17 that speak to this. Verse 25 and following. A foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to her that bear him. Also to punish the just is not good, nor to strike princes for equity. He that hath knowledge spareth his words, and a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. Elements of warning from the book of Proverbs. Sometimes those things that have the fleeting picture of intrigue within a few years, if if that building of that home is not on sound foundation. There can be a, a crumbling, a perspective of change when that one day they were head over heels and yet now in the, the distress of that relationship they're critiquing one another and wondering how did this happen? We can say, well, who changed? Sometimes we say, well, you know, don't criticize your wife. You picked her. <laughs> or vice versa. I'm not sure there's some quaint little cliches that are used. But it goes back to remind us that the virtue and wisdom of God in entering into relationships in the fear of the Lord. Because sometimes I think what young people don't grasp or or don't see very often and even we forget about sometimes is the fact that our relationships that we enter into in the fear of God with the commitment of our lives does not ensure that that relationship will maintain its full uh, character of it in the early years we grow old our hair gets gray it falls out our memories start to fail. There are so many things that can bring elements into relationship that require the grace of God, that require the surrendered spirit, the dependence on the Lord to minister to each other instead of seeking to be served in a selfish, fleshy way. So this morning, perhaps I would like to acknowledge my lack of observing the clock. But I want to conclude with a few other pointers yet. Didn't realize it was this late. I've been blessed to see 
the blessing of God on those who have ex- exercised a desire to seek God's direction in their lives. In the call of God in their life, in the pursuit of companions, that doesn't mean that an inquiry or a, will always work out, but it does mean that when you follow God's principles, He will bless you. He will honor you. He will, it will be a source of growth. It will be a source of strength in your relationship with Him and your brothers. And it's a blessing for fathers to, to have their children come and ask advice, for their mothers to be confided in rather than be avoided as they seek relationships. And I get concerned when I hear young men these days say, well, we don't think it's necessary to have to talk to dad. We just want to get to know the girl. But what they don't understand is they have the potential of entering a relationship that at least could enter into an emotional relationship, if not beyond, if they are not spirit-led. There's great protection in being under the authority of the heads of those dear sisters for their protection. There's beauty in following the hand of God's direction in, in honoring the parents, obeying the parents, seeking their advice, Confiding in your brothers and sisters. And even as ministry, it's a blessing to have someone come and say, I'm thinking of this. What do you think? And then the beauty of honoring the fact that that sister, that brother is not yours to have and to hold until that time come. And should that relationship need to be broken off, the protection, the beauty of not having been impure physically or emotionally is a source of great healing. So this morning, there are many aspects from the cradle on up that we lose sight of at times. But in the edifice of life, plan carefully. Hew holily the stones, the timbers. And by God's grace, His blessing will ensue.